Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 14 is entitled The War in Heaven, Part 1. The poet John Milton, in his epic story of the fall of man, describes the war in heaven. In the following brief stanza, he describes Lucifer being cast out of heaven. The infernal serpent, he it was, whose guile stirred up with envy and revenge, deceived the mother of mankind. What time his pride had cast him out from heaven, with all his hosts of rebel angels, by whose aid, aspiring to set himself in glory above his peers, he trusted to have equaled the Most High. If he opposed and with ambitious aim against the throne and monarchy of God, raised impious war in heaven and battle proud with vain attempt. Him the almighty power hurled headlong flaming from the ethereal sky with hideous ruin and combustion down to bottomless perdition. There to dwell in adamantine chains and penal fire who durst defy the omnipotent to arms. You have just heard the words of John Milton in the opening book of Paradise Lost, describing the war in heaven. What Handel did for Christ in the music of the Messiah, Milton did for Lucifer in the poetry of Paradise Lost. Milton put wings to his words and sent them flying into immortality. Of course, both drew their inspiration from the prophets of the Holy Bible. Without the Holy Bible, there would be no Messiah and no Paradise Lost. Few verses of Scripture are more enigmatic than Revelation 12, 7-9. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Many questions are raised. Why was there war in heaven? How was it fought? Where was it fought? Who is Michael? Who were the angels who followed Michael? Who is Lucifer? Who were the angels that followed Lucifer? Why does it matter? Where was Christ during the war in heaven? Why didn't he lead the fight in the battle? How does that impact life on earth? Why does the war in heaven matter to us? It is critical that we understand the answers to all those questions because when we do come to an understanding of the war in heaven, many other things begin to fall into place. Let's tackle the question, where was Christ? Why didn't Christ lead the battle? If we simply consider who Christ was before he came to earth, we can easily discern that Christ was not visible at the forefront of the battle against Lucifer. Even before coming to earth, Christ was the Son of God, the Almighty Creator of earth and man, the Great I Am. He was given all the power of the Father by the Father. He was omnipotent and omniscient and had no equal but the Father. If Lucifer had confronted Christ directly, there would have been no war in heaven. Lucifer would have been swatted like an irritated gnat. Lucifer would have simply been thrown out of heaven at the instant of the rebellion, and the idiots who followed him would have been thrown out with him. He would have been the mouse that roared. It would be a guppy confronting a great white shark. Therefore, we must address the question of why Christ didn't take an active part in the battle. 
The answer is critical to understanding how God works and why we were sent to earth. It can be summed up in a single word, agency. Agency is at the core of everything that Christ does. 4,000 years after the fall of Adam, Christ came to earth. For 4,000 years, his coming had been prophesied. The Jews were looking for his coming. Everything in the law of Moses pointed toward the coming of Christ. It was Christ in the burning bush. It was Christ who gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. It was Christ who was spoken of by David and Isaiah and all the other holy prophets. He was known as Jehovah. However, the Jews were looking for a warrior king to come down from heaven with a drawn sword to deliver them from the Romans. When he came as a babe in Bethlehem, they rejected him. In the Gospel of John, we are told, Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. John seven twenty seven. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? John seven forty through 41 Why didn't he appear as king of heaven and earth? For the same reason he didn't reveal himself in the war in heaven agency. He wanted his people to choose between himself and Lucifer. That is exactly why he remains invisible today. If he had stood before his people in all of his glory during the conflict in heaven, there would have been no agency. Everyone would have flocked to Christ, whether out of love or out of fear. Lucifer would have skulked away like a frightened mouse and hid in the far corners of heaven. The very definition of agency is a choice between God and Satan good and evil, virtue and vice. I suppose we are prone to think of heaven as one big room, all surrounding the throne of God. Heaven is a vast place, obviously with many dimensions. Even today we have seven billion people on earth. Imagine in heaven all of the children of our Father in heaven, billions upon billions. That leads us to the question, who was Michael? Daniel saw Michael in vision, and he was called one of the chief princes. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Daniel 10.13 In the vision, the Savior speaks to Daniel, giving him comfort, and he ends with this note. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. Daniel 10.21 In another vision, speaking of the last days, Daniel is told, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that slept in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel 12, 1-4
Just as Michael led the battle against Lucifer in the war in heaven, the same Michael will appear in the last days and again lead the people of God in the final battle against Satan. Earlier, Daniel refers to Michael as the Ancient of Days. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Daniel 7, 9-11 In the above, we learn that Michael is the victor because the scripture records, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. In the next reference, the Ancient of Days is described the victor. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Daniel seven seventeen through 22 It is from Jude in the New Testament that we learn that Michael is an angel of very high authority. He is referred to as an archangel. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Jude 1, 9 But of course, his various titles attest to his greatness. One of the chief princes, Michael your prince, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people the Ancient of Days, and Michael the Archangel. The next question is, who were the angels that followed Michael? The answer comes by the process of elimination. The war was very divisive. Heaven was divided into those angels who followed Michael and those angels who followed Lucifer. We are told that a third part followed Lucifer. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Revelation 12, 3-4 Lucifer became known as perdition. Those angels who followed him became known as sons of perdition. Merriam-Webster gives us the following definition of perdition eternal damnation, or hell, or loss, 
Merriam-Webster informs us, Perdition began life as a word meaning utter destruction. That sense is now archaic, but it provides a clue about the origins of the word. Perdition was borrowed into English in the 14th century from Anglo-French perdition and ultimately derived from the Latin verb perdere, meaning to destroy. Perdere was formed by combining the prefix per, through, and dare, to give. Other descendants of that Latin dare in English include traitor. One of the meanings of the Italian word perdere is to lose or to waste. In Spanish, perder means to lose, to fall through, to get lost, or to forfeit. The suffix ion changes a verb to a noun, which means a state of being. Perder means to lose. Perdition means a state of being lost. Lucifer and his angels forfeited eternal progression. They lost the war in heaven. They lost their salvation. They lost their high positions. They lost all of their former glory. Lucifer originally meant light-bearer. They lost the chance to come to earth and gain a body. They lost the chance to be resurrected and return to the kingdom of God and live with their father. Following the war in heaven, they were cast out of heaven. The Savior said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. There was no veil over the eyes of Satan and his angels. They fell to earth with a complete memory of their former home and glory. Remember how the Savior rebuked the devils? And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no man might pass that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Matthew eight twenty-eight through 29 Those demons knew who Christ was. They hated Christ. They are antichrist, but they still fear his power. In a very strange incident recorded in Mark, unclean spirits fell down before Christ. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. Mark three eleven through 12 If a third part followed Lucifer, who were the other two-thirds, of course, they are the ones who followed Michael, or in other words, who accepted the authority of Jesus Christ. That would consist of all the other children of our Father in heaven. In other words, we were those spirits in heaven who fought under the direction of Michael against Lucifer and his angels. As a reward, we were given the privilege to come to earth to gain a mortal body and to continue our eternal progression. For Lucifer and his angels, all progression stopped when they were cast out of heaven. They forfeited all rights to live with their Father in heaven. All the descendants of Adam and Eve who came to earth to gain a body fought with Michael against Lucifer. No matter what your faith is on earth, no matter if you are an theist or an atheist, in heaven you were a Christian. Those who followed Lucifer were antichrist. It is not that they didn't believe in Christ. They wanted to usurp the power of Christ. They wanted to be gods. There were no atheists in heaven. We already know who won the war against Lucifer in heaven, just as we know who will win the war against Satan on earth. This concludes part one. We will continue to answer the questions above in part two. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.
In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.